Well, welcome to the Deeper Dive podcast. Each week we take a deeper look at the text we covered in worship on Sunday. And we do that by discussing things like historical settings, literary context, the way others before us have read the text, and our own reflective approach to reading that same text. This podcast is a part of Calvary's Daily Connection, a place where Calvary shares something new each day to help you grow in faith. So we hope you check that out through Calvary's app or by going to connectwithcalvary.org slash daily connection. Well, today on the podcast, we're following up on 1 John uh, chapter 5, verses 6 through 15. So the last part of uh, John's first letter there, and uh, just a letter that's full of all kinds of really rich language about everything mm-hmm. honestly so yeah it let's really jump right is. into it yeah. it really is uh, it really is i think helpful for us to know the richness of it in the sense of what john was really trying to deal with uh, this letter is probably written to several of the churches that he either planted or was responsible for um and um, in doing that uh, he was really fighting uh, something that was going on. These churches had been there, I think, for a while, and so they were not new plants or new start churches. They may have even had a generation or two under their belt. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and oftentimes when that happens, as time goes past, some of the sharpness and clarity of what originally started or what the original mm-hmm. impetus was begins to lose favor. Um I know that uh, he speaks in Revelation about losing your first love. Um, And so this had some things to do with uh, some false teaching that was going on. Uh, It's not new false teaching. It wasn't back then, but it was really being directed towards his church. And actually, Mm -hmm. as I understand it, some of the folks who had been a part of that church, core of that church, had for whatever reason, been drawn away, drawn into this, and now we're coming back or even sending missionaries back to uh, – the word infiltrate is a little harsh, but to come yeah. back and try to draw folks who were a part of that church family away to a whole different belief system. Right. And so um, I jotted just a couple of notes down because I really just dealt with one of them Sunday morning. I think there was probably four, and we probably could – talk about that at infinium how many there were but i i just noted four that i have made notes in my bible over the years about um and one of those was um one of his purposes was to make folks's joy complete and um if if you begin to to at least in my opinion if you begin to waver away from god's plan the natural result of that not punishment result but natural result is less joy uh and i see that in the church universal today not in anyone specifically but i see uh, less joy than i think that probably ought to be in the church uh the other thing that was going on and i was just reading uh, three articles last week uh on Facebook, uh, I had picked up from some other folks I know, mm-hmm. and they were pushing forth this theology. Um, and part of that theology had to do with um, Jesus was not really the Son of God. Um, I don't know whether it's because I'm, I just don't remember, docetism or docetism, however that is, sure, or yeah. Gnosticism. Mm-hmm. Uh, their premise was that Jesus was a man. And a spirit had come upon him. But the whole connection between he being the Son of God or the whole connection of the incarnation 
is is gone. In fact, they right. deny that. And the oh, resurrection sure. too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Any any connection of spirit and body is is not legitimate mm-hmm. for them, right? Which, mm-hmm. It had to be one or the other, right? I mean, it had to well, be sure. mostly body. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, body was body was very evil. Spirit, body, yeah. Spirit, very good. Yeah. And so you can see why, in some ways, it's very enticing to a a set of of Christians who are very legalistic in mm-hmm. some ways because it does. It does kind of play into this whole like, well, the, the, anything you see, taste, taste, touch, feel is bad. Anything mm. that is, right. you know, spiritual and thoughtful is is good, and that's just not the way that <laughs> that it is um, in terms of the gospel, of Jesus. So, <laughs> well, and as you, you know. get further away from um, from that teaching, um, you begin to uh, say, well, that's probably not what they meant. Probably what they meant was. And you start to twist that a little bit. Um, I mean, because really, Jesus is a hard, hard concept to grasp <laughs> for those of us that aren't um, Gnostics. Uh, you know, it's a it's a hard concept to grasp that spirit and body, uh, the spiritual world. You know what I mean? And I mean that's tough that Jesus was human and divine. That's a that's a tough thing to grasp. Let alone you add Gnosticism to this. So that yeah. So that's what John was addressing at the time. Yeah, and that part of that premise then leads us to the place where we begin to say, "Well, sin is not really uh, not really that important." Begin to deny its existence or begin to deny its effect, and then you move into the arena that uh, redemption is really not a part of a relationship with God at all. But you can have a relationship with God without any of the Jesus stuff, <laughs> without any of the redemption pieces to that. And uh, John was just, uh, I mean, he wrote these three letters uh, to these churches. The first one probably is the longest in the – well, it is the longest, but it's probably the fullest in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And he was really trying to point-blank nail what was going on and saying, folks, this is not true or this is what you believed when you began. Mm -hmm. So – you know the whole sin thing. Uh, he he spends a great deal of time in chapter one, and in the other chapters, talking about our sin nature, talking about sin against God, how that is not of God. What we need to do with that, rather than ignore that. Right, and his you know he's very purposeful. I think about his writing on sin too. It's not. Um, you know, a lot of uh, folks I think stop very quickly with uh, stuff in First John and go, "Here's the sin." And John's purpose in writing is for the removal of sin, the celebration of living in the life that is free from sin, full, full of God. And uh, if you don't keep reading, you, you miss that in John mm-hmm. very quickly, especially mm-hmm. in the letters. And um, so it was great, uh, I think, on Sunday to to pair that from a thematic uh, perspective with, uh, no, this is really about assurance. This isn't about necessarily the calling out of something. This is mm-hmm. about what you uh, have already, you know, which is great. Well, and yeah. as you were pointing to earlier, Randy, um, if we forget who Jesus is and we we kind of water down who Jesus is, then we're not going to get the fullness of the joy. <laughs> Right. You know, we're not it's like opening half a gift or a part of a mm-hmm. gift and we don't get the full thing. And so, um uh, in order to to understand the fullness of the joy and the fullness of life, we have to see the fullness of who Jesus is in our lives and and recognize and 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 as you were talking about Sunday, um be assured of our salvation. 
that's where the joy comes. Part of the, I think part of John's uh, passion about writing this was to reaffirm to those churches, and it really is valuable for us today, to reaffirm to those churches and the people in those churches how you can know that your relationship with God is right. You can know that. You can be assured of that. Because not only do we deal with uh, docetism and, and Gnosticism in, in this realm, but we're also constantly in this battle of works righteousness. Mm-hmm. And uh, I see that coming out in John in, in several places. I mean, Paul writes continuously about that, but John is picking that up here to remind us it's not about um, it's not about how many points you get in the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But there is a sense, I really believe, I, when, when somebody shared 1 John 5, 11, and 12 with me, there was a freeing moment in my life because I was trying really hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, I, I love to talk about holiness, and, and the word, at times, hegios it means uh, saint R leads to holiness. Uh, you know, John Wesley picked up this word perfection, which I think is – John we, didn't do us any favors someday with that well, one. I mean, he just made our it, interpretation of that yeah. gets twisted. Yeah, well, let's t- let's just talk about that for a minute because I think that's something that you know kind of gets mentioned every once in a while, mm-hmm. but people might not necessarily know what what that's all about. So mm-hmm. let, let's let's take a minute and maybe kind of just to walk through that uh, that doctrine, I guess of. Wesleyan perfection. perfection. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One of the things yeah. that we have to do uh, at, or we have still to do is in the ordination questions is, uh, do you expect to be made perfect in this lifetime? And um, of course, the answer that we all answer is, yes, we do. And right. that does not mean perfect in terms of um, absence of mistakes. That is a perfectness of, that's being aligned with God, being accepting mm-hmm. him uh, fully. Um, 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 yeah, well, let's talk my, about maybe what, what does the word perfect, I think, mean in, a, in a, just a regular everyday kind of conversation. I mean, if we say, yeah. if we say you know, this, uh, this table over here is just perfect, you know, what, is that, what does that mean? Yeah. Basically means without blemish. Without any blemish, um, and uh, whether it's a table or whatever else it is, and we know how hard that is. To, I mean, right. I, I, I dabble the, in woodworking, and I yeah. think about the perfect finish, and I have never, ever achieved the perfect finish. Nor seen it, but probably. It, but if you did, the moment that it changed, it would not be perfect anymore, right? Right. right. It couldn't get any better. It couldn't get any worse. It's it's almost it's dead right yeah. and it's it's, a it's static. static i was just yeah. gonna say a static state yeah. it's a static mm-hmm. state and that comes from a, a a long line of thinking that's not necessarily a christian line of thinking about what it means to be what change means that change can only be a devaluation it can only degrade things mm-hmm. if something changes and so um, yeah, I don't think John Wesley is talking about that kind of perfection at all. Not but at that's all. the only kind of perfection I think that we understand today. And it's not the kind of uh, perfection, be perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect, which is where that mm-hmm. kind of comes out of, of Scripture, not what Jesus is talking about mm-hmm. either. But it's a difficult, it, it's, it's unfortunate yeah. <laughs> you know, in the sense that, that that's the language, but it does still, I think, have something to say to us. I mean, I think a uh, proper 
understanding of what a biblical sense of perfection means mm-hmm. is is helpful. So what what is he talking about there? What you know, even though even <laughs> though John Wesley spoke English, <laughs> um, we are a long way from from um, that um, generation as well as British English. And I just wonder, um, uh, and I have never researched this, so I don't know, um, if when he used that word, um, there was a little bit different nuance um, in terms of that culture, in terms of what they thought about that word then, there, as opposed to what we think here and now. Right, right. You know? But he's certainly referencing that that text of, of Jesus, though. Absolutely. When, when he's saying that. So what is that, you know? Well, it goes back to both Old Testament and and in First Peter, the scripture says, "Be holy as I am holy." Mm-hmm. And our our picture of God that we preach, talk about, have in front of us is of God of without blemish in any form, any motive, any desire. Sometimes um, the uh, the term sanctification or entire sanctification, Mm -hmm. I think may help us actually grab a hold of that better than the word perfection does. Sanctification being that which is set apart for God, entire sanctification being that part of us that is uh, more set apart each day. I don't remember much of my Greek. I had four years of it, but I remember, <laughs> I remember the aorist verb meant not only in the moment, but in all the moments to follow. Right. Uh, and so yeah. we're being sanctified continuously. We're being set apart continuously, and we're going on to perfection mm-hmm. right. continuously. Yeah. It has a beginning, but it has no. It has end. no end. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yep. Um, and I think that that uh, that's hard sometimes to explain, but we're such a, a, a people that want it measured, so we know if we've got this accomplished, so mm-hmm. we can move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And that, and we're st- we still battle with works righteousness. Um, we're saved by faith, but without works, is our faith dead? James mm-hmm. talks about that. Um, so it's hard to. To encourage folks to walk deeper in their faith and relationship, uh, sometimes without being dis- being discouraged to them or discouragement mm-hmm. to them, but yet to know that uh, um, God has big plans for us, God has big desires for us. Again, it comes back to this thing, if I don't do what God wants, is the end result always punishment, or is it sometimes just a natural result of being out of His will? And sometimes I believe God punishes. On the other hand, I believe a lot of times our decisions and the consequences of those decisions are just a natural result of the created order uh, that uh, sometimes God gets blamed for, and sometimes it's just it's just the way that mm-hmm. they, I mean. Sure, and sometimes bad people get away with all kinds of things. Oh, that's my. right. And it, it doesn't doesn't matter a lick right. <laughs> what what they did or what they didn't do. Yeah, that's right. That's right. right. I mean, and, and sometimes when I um, am intentionally um, um, out of God's will, when I come back in, I've learned. I'm hopefully I've learned something, and so it ultimately becomes a positive because I go deeper because of that um, uh, that digression or where, wherever. Um, um, 
I become my relationship with him goes deeper. So as I as I move on to perfection, I'm keeping my eyes on Jesus, and um, um, allowing God to continue to work in my life. Yeah. And um, um, I, I think of the pot, um, uh, you know, throwing a pot. And oh, I thought you were going some some. Oh no, 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 not marijuana pots. No, <laughs> okay. not that one. Right. Um, <laughs> But throwing a pot and and how you know the clay is good, and uh, the the potter continues to to mold and to form, and um, I want to be that uh, clay that God that allows God to form right. me. Yeah, sanctification, I guess, in my perspective, has been um, uh, an opportunity or uh, a choice that uh, He is. Uh, more and more on my mind in every circumstance, in every moment. The what would Jesus do thought is nice, but it mm-hmm. can have a tendency just to cheapen what's going on, I'm afraid. But it really is a matter of whatever the circumstance is, whatever the thought is, whatever the occurrence is, to respond in such a manner that glorifies God and doesn't necessarily get me the best end result that I wanted. Um, and that desire continues to grow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That conversation with God is a, is a, it's not just a daily conversation for me, but it's a, a moment by moment conversation most of the day. Or at mm-hmm. least that's still what I'm working towards so right. that I, uh, I have that deep sense of His plan and purpose in my life. Mm-hmm. So. so as we look at what, what uh, John was saying to his churches in, we have to keep all of what we have already said in mind as we read those those verses, and that's what you were talking about on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Here in these verses, I think he was directly speaking to um, all you need to have is Jesus the Christ, as opposed to you don't need him. Uh, and and that, that incarnation of Jesus directly, in tie, directly tied to eternal life. He who has the Son of God has life, eternal life. He who does not, does not have life. I've always kind of hated the back end of that verse when you're trying to work with uh, maybe a new brother or sister in Christ because it really ends on a negative note. But that's, there's a level of reality to that that at least we as Christians look at. You know, um, well, I don't think that, that gives us the right to load up our gospel guns and shoot everybody. But there is a reality to that, at least as, as I see it as a Christian. Well, and then we look at that's where I think um, the the things that that we see on Facebook and the things that we see in the news and the things that we feel politically correct go against that um, in some ways. You know, um, I was yeah. I was uh, waiting for people to wince at that scripture Sunday. He who does not have the son. <laughs> um, so are we saying that? Um, um, that Muslims, that that Hindus, that Jews, that um, we aren't going to see them in heaven, um, and um, you know we don't we don't know all those answers, but that scripture would tend to point to that, you know, um, well, and traditionally that's what we have learned as Christians growing up. Yeah, I at mean, least two, I did. Two sort of caveats, I guess. Yeah. To that, maybe. Um, 
I mean, one is the is the the use of John's um, use of the term, you know, eternal life, mm-hmm. uh, and that we automatically go to a life after death um, in its totality. Like that's what that term means. That term has nothing to do with the world now. It only has to do with the world to come. And I think it's a little broader than that. Um, I think both from <clears throat> this context of First John, both from John's gospel, from the other gospels, from the other New Testament writings, that that, that term is not just a life after death term. That there's there's a broader <clears throat> a broader sense to that uh, language there. And so to talk about and a, li- a life that is eternal um, is not to just talk about uh, heaven, that it doesn't negate that either, it doesn't exclude it, but it is certainly not the only um, discussion in the room when we talk about what does it mean to have eternal life. Um, there's a component of it that is here, that is now, and that um, is probably not experienced by all Christians, even if they think they're going to heaven. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. just to be well, we, yeah. re- we, real blunt about it. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. pray every uh, Sunday morning yeah. here, thy kingdom come, thy will be, be done done. on earth right. as it is in heaven. Right. And yeah. uh, I'm not sure whether we just simply don't expect that to happen. Or whether what we expect <laughs> well, sometimes is is all of the good stuff of heaven I'm going to get down here, all of the blessings I'm going to get down here. I, it, yeah. it really is just interesting. Yeah, I think I think there's been a lot. Our 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 recent history, especially in America with religion, has been a uh, very much. Um, oh, what's the phrase I'm looking for here? Uh, delayed gratification kind mm-hmm. of idea mm-hmm. <clears throat> that. There is not much that we can do about things right now, mm-hmm. that this is all an insurance policy for mm-hmm. later. And uh, certainly a lot of our uh, evangelistic techniques have been based off of that kind of uh, thinking. If we can just get people into that kind of problem statement, the what would you do if you died tomorrow mm-hmm. or tonight or right now mm-hmm. kind of scenario that we press the issue. Mm-hmm. And um, that's not... Uh, incredibly biblical in the sense of what's happening in the text a lot of the time. <laughs> it just isn't. Uh, Please call Isaac Gaff. That's right. You G-A-F-F. can call me. G-A-F-F. Please give me, give me a call. I'd, I'd love to talk for hours with, with you about it, and I'm sure we would all be sleeping by the end, perhaps, but we'd get through some stuff. That's right. <laughs> but, you know, there's a, it's, it's so much larger than that. And that's the, that's the problem with that term, I think, is that people think that's the largest the term can be. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, 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 you're missing, mm-hmm. you're missing the largest part of it. Um, so there's that caveat. And then I think caveat number two um, with that is that it's, it is hard for us to see what's what's happening mm-hmm. in any one person's uh, mm-hmm. experience mm-hmm. ever, uh, and so to to take that and to be um, well, I mean, judgmental, I suppose, uh, on right. <clears throat> on this person who's operating out of this tradition or that tradition or another tradition uh, is it's hasty at best, and I think it's really ill advised. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at worst, and uh, something that's always helpful to me. I know it's a. I, I know it's an allegory. Uh, I know it's. It's you know. It is not uh, in the Bible. Um, <laughs> but uh, C.S. Lewis, I think, is very helpful in talking about uh, the the potential 
uh, of people. You know, when he talks about um, the the servant in, uh, I think it's in the Chronicles of Narnia, I can't remember, who was serving the, the god uh, Tosh or Tesh, I can't remember the name, but, uh, you know, Aslan, the Christ mm-hmm. figure, says, I'm going to take everything that you had credited toward your work here, I'm going to credit it toward... Uh, me, you didn't know about me, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's right. a lot, there's a lot of there's a lot of places where uh, the people who are making that decision, first of all, it's not us, uh, mm-hmm. and and second of all, we might not even have enough information to make that decision to begin right. with. And so our job is to uh, speak about Jesus to those who we come in to encounter with, and uh, to be as honest as we can about that, and should be, uh, and that these kind of Logical riddles about what happens to everyone else uh, mm-hmm. is kind of just a game that we play with ourselves sometimes, um, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> for no purpose. I, I, I think we play Except that game with ourselves to, to feel more justified about ourselves. That's the right. part because yeah. right. uh, yeah. it's a bit arrogant, in my opinion, for us to assume that we make the judgment that's God's, that's that's right. God's to make on anybody's life. And so... Sure. You know, and to bring it full circle, I think, uh, you know, can we talk about uh, an abundant and an eternal life here and now with these folks? We certainly we certainly can. Mm-hmm. And we can, you know, parse, uh, you know, parse experiences there with them and go, is this the fullest thing that you that you have right now, given your experience in mm-hmm. Islam or given your experience in uh, you know, this kind of Eastern religion or whatever. There's a bridge there to dialogue mm-hmm. uh, around that um, certainly they're doing some things that are uh, more of God than we are right. uh, in some ways, and we have something to learn from mm-hmm. them at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, again, the incarnation, that, that, that fusing of flesh and spirit together in the person of Jesus is something that's incredibly unique and that is a gift that's ours to share mm-hmm. uh, with the world. And so when we don't do that, we get people like John writing to us and saying, well, don't, <laughs> right. don't be stupid. <laughs> right, 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 mm-hmm. right, right. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I just pulled up uh, on my computer just first John and I'm kind of breezing through a little bit of it and... And in chapter 2, um, 26, he says, I'm writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think we just have to be careful that um, we keep our grounding um, and uh, and don't believe everything that we read. You know, I mean, <laughs> there were, I, I don't know if your kids are old enough, Isaac, to, to um, come to you and go, look at what I read. This is true, some bizarre thing. You know, and you go, uh, let's look at the source yeah. and let's, uh, yeah. let's examine this a little deeper. <laughs> yep. I think we as Christians just need to do that um, um, and, and, and recognize that um, people are, are going to be saying all kinds of crazy things. And man, is that true in our society today? Um, you know, the joke is, if it's on Facebook, it must be true. <laughs> Uh, not so much. Not right. so much. Right. I think uh, a reading of First John might have been well in one of our cities on our southeastern uh, part Eastern of this country States. this weekend by uh, uh, several groups who sort to, and let me just say it, this Ku Klux Klan neo-Nazi mm-hmm. business, uh, it, that's no more Christian than the man in the moon. Mm-hmm. I'm making my judgment right. on that. Sure. Oh, I, uh, I yeah. second that. that, that Yep. Just uh, beyond, and, and how it gets connected with our faith blows my mind yeah. and frustrates me to no it. end. Yeah. Um, 
because I don't find any place in God's Word where it talks about that kind of hatred. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that probably ought to, we probably ought to get close to stopping there before I get started because I really, I really have some it's things dangerous I'd like territory to say. He's got another 30 minutes in him, but our time is up. <laughs> For today. So we uh, we do want to thank you for listening. We'd love to keep the discussion going with you. Uh, if you have questions or comments uh, to any of the, the crazy things that have been said today <laughs> by mostly me, but um, you can do that by following the link uh, in the app or hitting us up on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you find us. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll connect with you there. And next week, we'll be back with a deeper dive into, I believe, oh, I forgot to it's, write it down. It's, it's Romans, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's the, there. no, it's Luke. The oh, it's Luke, I'm sorry. Luke 5, Luke, yes. stretcher bearer. Uh, Who is your stretcher bearer? There you go. Yep. Paralytic, the healing of the yeah. paralytic. Is the yeah. <laughs> so, and what does it mean? So, you know, yep. you might see a bizarre thing at church on Sunday. All right. So. Always something bizarre. Tune in. Okay. <laughs> Tune in. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Until then, grace and peace.